You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Andy No has confirmed he was attacked while undercover at a Portland protest doing research for his new book called Undercover. This guy's don't care what you say about Andy No. That guy has some guts. He has some internal fortitude. They kind of put the beat down on him and he just keeps coming back. He's just out there doing his thing as a journalist. And he's on the public streets of Portland doing this. So it's not like he's infiltrating the mob somewhere, right? He's literally walking around on the streets making note of what he sees. And Antifa doesn't like that. Oh, they're not down with this. This is not okay. Because, you know, freedom of speech only really goes so far. And then it's off limits. And you can't, you can't, you can't cover that. You can't talk about that. That's, that's not right. You can't live stream us. You can't photograph us. You can't video us. Because after all, we're just doing some peaceful protesting. It's what we're talking about today. Andy, no. Before we get into it, if you're new here, my name's Sean Reynolds. I own a couple of real estate companies. And I read the news, news that you want to hear. Hopefully. All right, let's do this. So before we get into uh, kind of Andy No confirming the attack, why are we talking about Andy No? Well, it has to do with a lot of the protests and what's been happening. And Seattle's kind of been a hotbed for that. But Portland, particularly, They've just, they're, 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 their activism is, that's next level. It's pro, it's pro level in Portland. Whereas in uh, Seattle, oh, we've got some, but it's kind of like we send our triple, our triple A team down to Portland and really get them trained to, you know, be at the pro level. So a man claimed to be Andy No was chased away from a Portland protest. So man protesters claim is no chased into a downtown hotel. Left-wing protesters chased down, attacked, and unmasked a man they believed to be the right-wing author, Andy No, in disguise during a downtown Portland protest on Friday, May 28th. The Portland Tribune has not independently confirmed the fleeing man's identity, and No did not immediately issue any public statements on the matter. One longtime protest observer told the Tribune she saw No working out at a gym in a southeast Portland neighborhood one week ago, with gym staff reportedly greeting No by name. Well, he has lived in Portland for a long time. He does work out. He's probably going to be at a gym. Is this really newsworthy? It doesn't seem to me. But, all right, gives credence to the fact that maybe he's in Portland because at one time, I think he said he, was, he had moved to London. He was living overseas after his book, his last book was, uh, was written. The Friday, and I think that was last summer. Did that come out last summer? The Friday evening protest, which had lasted for several uneventful hours, at least by Portland standards, had not been declared an unlawful assembly or riot by authorities as the clock neared 1130 p.m. With the crowd of perhaps 100 people marching through the city without any reports of property damage before returning to a staging area outside the Multnomah County Justice Center. At that point, many in the group became suspicious of a fellow protester who was wearing tinted oversized ski goggles, a mask that obscured his face. He's wearing a mask? Oh, I'm shocked. Wearing a mask during the era of the Rona and black clothing and a Black Lives Matter flag worn as a cloak. Protesters said the man was attending the demonstration alone and did not respond to questions. Mm. 
Suddenly, a foot chase broke out with around a dozen people chasing the person they believed to be no away from the Justice Center. The man attempted to seek refuge in several buildings, but was eventually tackled to the ground and struck repeatedly. His goggles and cape were torn from him. The man then fled up Morrison Street and received shelter inside the swanky The Nines Hotel. He was seen crouching behind the front desk as confused clerks attempted to secure the premises. They're locking the doors. They're keeping the riffraff out. Protesters chanted and pounded on the glass windows all the while. This is terrifying stuff. This is a journalist on the streets of America being run off by an unruly mob. That's what that is. So if you're going to say these are peaceful protesters, okay, how often do peaceful protesters tackle somebody to the ground and then strike them repeatedly? Is that some peaceful protesting? If that is, okay, we need a new definition of peaceful. I want Andy No, one cried. He's hiding right here, said another. Come on out, shouted a third. The man eventually entered an elevator and was not seen again. Portland Police Bureau officers, who had already made at least one targeted arrest earlier in the night, soon arrived by van and arrested another person outside the hotel. The arrested person's phone continued to stream video from inside an evidence bag. That's interesting. Hey, what's going on? Here's this live stream. Can you imagine watching that live stream? All right, we're inside a bag now. What do we got going? Oh, hey, we're getting booked. Oh, hey, yeah. Emptying out his pockets. Interesting. Filling out some forms. Interesting. Being led away to jail. Ah, the bag doesn't go with them. Officers eventually withdrew from the scene, leaving a small crowd to tangle with hotel valets and befuddled guests. So annoying. We just don't need this riffraff on our streets. We just don't, right? No is one of the most prominent cr critics of the left-wing movement known as Antifa. As recently as 2019, he was a little-known writer who frequently live-streamed Portland demonstrations. During an infamous rally in June of that year, crowds doused him in milkshakes and attacked him. Gave him, gave him a big concussion, and he just got his boat rocked, and he wasn't the same for a long time after. And I started following Andy No after he was on Joe Rogan, right? I think he might have also been on Tim Pool. Um, but yeah, he's a guy that just goes out and gets the first person deets and reports them. And, uh, you know, that whole freedom of speech thing, they don't like that. Just that's a no go. Mm, no, the incident gave no a massive social media following. He parlayed into frequent television appearances and a book published earlier this year. There have been several incidents in which Asian men attending protests have been confused with Andy No. While No recently made headlines after announcing he'd relocated to London, he also occasionally attended protests incognito, writing in December that he sometimes goes in black block to protests, but not always. Black block refers to the midnight colors worn by members of the left-wing group. Uh, and I've talked about this pretty openly and pretty frequently. I was in Portland for one night, a couple there a couple of days during the day, checked it out for one night of protests. And it was right after the feds were allegedly sweeping people off the streets and violating their rights of expression. Now, nah, they were just doing bad stuff to the federal buildings and the officers sitting up the buildings like, all right, that guy threw a whatever at the building. Uh, let's go arrest him. That's what they're doing. But everybody was so worked up about unmarked federal vehicles. 
Not the case. Just wasn't the case. Be reasonable. Think it through. Is that really happening? Probably not. Get to the bottom of the story. And in order to do that, I drove down to Portland with my kid and covered the protests for, you know, a night. Um, but I've literally got one live stream on YouTube that ends after about 20 minutes. And it was because in Portland, I felt uncomfortable and unsafe um, streaming there in Portland. It was like, ooh. This is a whole nother level here. This is, this is not good. These people are, you know, they're more than serious. They're dangerous. So, you know, I can see them, you know, finding a guy like Andy No and going, all right, we're going to put you in the beat down. No, the Portland Police Bureau and the Nines Hotel did not immediately respond to requests for comment. Did this happen at your hotel? Uh, no comment. That is not good publicity for a swanky hotel, right? All right. And so then, um, as of this morning, Andy No confirms attack while undercover at the Portland protest. No was chased into the Nines Hotel in downtown Portland after being unmasked by left-wing protesters on May 28th. The right-wing author Andy No confirmed he was the masked man whose cover was blown during a recent rally, spurring a foot chase and attack from left-wing protesters on the streets of downtown Portland. Joe draped in a Black Lives Matter flag and wearing tinted uh, ski goggles, Noah was embedded along a small band clad in black during a protest on Friday, May 28th, when protesters sleuthed out his identity and chased the editor into the Swanky Nines Hotel. He was working on a new book of his, you know, his book, Unmasked. Um... Here's what he said. I took care to mitigate the risks and went to observe Antifa firsthand. That's usually what he says, right? But by mitigating the risks, that means he, you know, put himself into disguise. Man, I would not be, that's, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing that. That's just me though. I mean, I'm, I am a commentator. I am not a journalist. A journalist goes out and gets the story and creates the story. I read the story after it's all said and done. Much easier on my end because I pick the story. I think the audience will like this. We're going to talk about this. Whereas Andy No is one of those dudes who just, I mean, he has a lot of courage. Let's put it that way. Courage. Whether it's good or bad, I don't know. But I mean, he literally, if you watch the beatdown he took with a milkshake incident, I mean, he just got rocked. I mean, he took a literal beat down and how he walked out of that, I don't know. And yeah, he had a concussion. He had some brain damage there for a while, you know, some swelling of the brain and the skull. Um, sounds like that's all good now because he's willing to, you know, put a oversized ski mask and mask and drape himself in a Black Lives Matter flag. So, I mean, that is, is that crazy or is that really brave? I, I think it's a little of both, isn't it? And like I've said, I'm old and I don't want to die. Therefore, I just don't do those kind of things. So like many other journalists, Antifa has tried to silence and intimidate through violence and threats. I had to cover my face and eyes to do my job and stay alive. So this is literally what's going on. And people are like, oh, yeah, it's okay. It's not that big of a deal. I mean, glass windows and businesses, they can be replaced. You know, we just we just put up with this stuff. And in Portland, they put up with it for, what, a hundred and However many straight nights, I mean, just out of control. After another brief sprint to the nines, protesters pounded on the front doors of the hotel as No slipped out the back entrance into a waiting ambulance that transported him to a hospital. 
because he got beat up by the peaceful protesters. Like, huh, that's, that's very peaceful of you to beat up a journalist in the streets of America. Huh, yeah, it kind of tells you something, doesn't it? In a lot of these protests, what you'll see is this is a direct action protest, and we don't want we don't want anybody saying, hey, be peaceful, don't, don't break those windows. You don't want anybody like that. They also don't want any live streamers because live streamers are like journalists. They leave a record of what's going on and sometimes it doesn't really promote the peaceful protest narrative, does it? When you show pictures of videos of people smashing out windows, it kind of goes down another road that says just basically anything goes and this is the opposite of peaceful. So Portland police, uh, okay, we got some tweets here. I'm not going to read those. Um, another quote from Andy. It seemed obvious they intended to make good on hundreds of threats over the past two years to kill me, he said. Police arrested one man, 26-year-old Sean Lopez, an attempted second-degree assault, first-degree burglary, and other charges outside the hotel. The court documents say he is accused of throwing rocks through the window of a Starbucks and a Campbell Court apartment resident filming a crowd on April 26th. So nothing says peaceful protest like throwing rocks through a Starbucks and a Campbell Court apartment resident. The probable cause affidavit filed in that case says Portland Police Bureau officers relied on undercover surveillance to ID Lopez, but only arrested him later. Federal agencies also made two other arrests during the event on May 28th, which was not declared a riot or unlawful assembly by authorities, yet they still arrested people. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah, they're getting them sooner or later. Nose editor, editor at the Post Millennial, Libby Emmons, as well as Como journalist Jonathan Cho, Como, Seattle. Well done. They released statements condemning the attack. Well, who's going to support the attack? I mean, who is literally, ah, it's, it's okay to beat up a journalist. You know, if you beat him within an inch of his life, that's okay. I mean, those journalists, they, you know, they, they make up news. They, they, they report stuff that isn't true sometimes. They make mistakes. We should probably beat them up. No, that's not how this game should be working. And yet it is. And nobody seems to do anything about it. It's just like, all right, yeah, he had it coming. Crazy, right? The whole undercover thing still kind of gets me, though. That's a little deep. That's a little far. The images of journalist Andy Noe have been targeted and brutalized by a violent mob is truly disturbing, said Joe. It could have happened to any one of us in the field. And that's, that's the major concern, is that media is basically no longer safe to do what they do, which is to go out on the streets and get the story. There's certain stories we want to cover, certain start stories that we don't want to let them cover. And internally, Antifa doesn't want any coverage at all, except I don't know what coverage they, they do want. I mean, it's just unclear even what their end goals are. Um, Noah's faced significant criticism from activists who say his coverage spurs death threats and harassment. Really? Huh. Let's see what that looks like. Should we, should we just take a quick peek at that? So Portland protesters say their lives were upended by the posting of their mugshots on a conservative Twitter account. What Andy Doe is doing is legal. The mugshots are public records. And No told Willamette Week that it is duty, it is his duty to report on protesters who have been arrested. That's what he does. 
So on August 7th, last summer, black activist Regina Gray was tackled by Portland police at a protest and charged with disorderly conduct, resisting arrest and interfering with an officer. All right, they don't just randomly do that, do they? No, they got better things to do. They've got real crime to, to work out. But at these protests, these knuckleheads do crazy stuff and end up getting arrested. I know it's shocking. Um, but that same day, conservative Portland activist Andy No shared Gray's name and mugshot on Twitter. Gray, 30, is charged with interfering with an officer, resisting arrest, and more, No wrote on Twitter. She was arrested at the violent Antifa protest in Portland and, quickly, and was quickly bailed out. Gray is frequently photographed with kids at protests and rants about white terrorism. And the photo was retweeted by 475 people, and with the inclusion here, probably a lot more by now. Twelve nights later, on August 19th, a man showed up at the doorsteps of, of Gray's mother's east side home. He was sweaty and nervous looking, and he asked for Regina by name, said Lucinda Fisher, Gray's mom. He mentioned Gray's son, and I noticed he had a gun in his hand. Fisher slammed the door and called the police. Update. After this story was published, readers questioned whether Lucinda Fisher had called police. On September 17th, the Portland Bureau of Emergency Communications, which fields calls to 911, told Willamette Week it can find no record of a call from Fisher or an associated number and address on August 19th. Gray and Fisher stand by their account and maintain that Fisher called police. The other subjects in the story, Philip Wenzel and April Epperson, do not claim to have contact to police regarding harassment. See how this stuff goes? It's like, all right, did you, did you really do any of that? You're talking nonsense. Did you do anything? You can't prove it? Hmm. Okay. Uh, I guess we go with the facts, which are, we don't really know what you did or didn't do. So Gray's children, nine and four, whom she brought to protest with her prior to her arrest, fear for her life. They're scared that somebody's going to kill me, Gray says. My first instinct is to say, no, that's not going to happen, but there's a huge risk. Well, maybe you shouldn't be doing stuff at the protests where you get arrested for. How about that? If you've got young children at home, should you be at the protest? Should you be taking said young children to the protests? You might say, well, Sean, you've taken your child to the protest, and I have. But he's 25, and he's six foot, 200-something pounds, bigger than I am. So, uh, does that mean you take your child to the protest? No, but my child isn't eight years old either. I mean, he's kind of the guy you go, all right. Yeah, probably wouldn't pick on him either. That's not a good call. That guy, if he lands a punch, that might hurt. Oh, I'll go with that eight-year-old over there. Take them on. I mean, come on, let's be real. So um, if you're going to a protest, don't take your children. And then if you're going to a protest and you're claiming that you're peacefully you know, exercising your First Amendment rights, whatever rights you want to, you know, your freedom of speech rights, maybe don't do stuff that you're going to get arrested for. I'm just saying, you know, is that reasonable? Is that a reasonable thing to ask? It is. But expecting people to do it? Whew, no, that's not going to happen, is it? No's prominence has been catapulted by Portland's protests. He is editor at large at a Canadian conservative website called The Post Millennial and is also a regular guest on Fox News. Last year, he was assaulted at a Portland anti fascist march where masked assailants punched and kicked him in the head. 
That was a brutal one. You hear him talk about that and you just, you start to hurt. You're like, oh, that sounds terrible. Oh, you got a milkshake. I mean, they're just pouring stuff on him. It's just straight up assault and abuse, you know, all in the name of what are we, what are we chanting for? Is it, you know, what, what, what is, what is, you know, Antifa doing? What, what's their message? It's not even really clear anymore, is it? No has more than 700,000 followers on Twitter, many of whom share the belief that Portland protesters are a threat to national security. Well, yeah, the stuff they're doing, I'm not down with. I'm not down with. I'm not okay with it. Is it a threat to national security? That stuff happened on a larger scale? I think it would be. I think it absolutely would be. And I think they would admit that it's a threat to national security because guess what? Antifa doesn't want any national security. They don't want anything. They just anti, you know what I mean? Just, ah, no, we're not good with that. We just want everything to be an open, just let it all rip. Let it all go. Not a world that I necessarily want to live in. And I don't think as a reasonable person, because you're tuning into a reasonable podcast, I don't think that's a world you want to live in either. Is it? Or do you, do you want to just see what the purge would be like for like a day or two? I don't. It's not really, I don't even want to watch it on TV. That just makes me uncomfortable. It's like, ah, oh, bad stuff's going to happen and we can't really stop it. Do I want to watch that? Nah, I'm going to go over and watch Vice Grip Garage. I'm going to I'm going to see if after 25 years in a field, he can get out that Dodge Challenger that's just been sitting there in the field. Can he get that going? Have the rats, have all the mice, have they bitten through the distributor lines? Is the electrical going to go? How's he going to jerry-rig the gas can to get fuel into that carburetor that's all pulled apart? Don't know. That's the stuff I watch instead of this other stuff that's like, uh, yeah, that's a little too close for comfort. But Gray believes no, and his followers are watching her, and she is not the only one. Willamette Week has spoken with two others who have been arrested at Portland protests and had their names and mugshots tweeted by no and claim their lives have since been disrupted. Well, you know, I go back again to if if what Andy Ngo is doing is legal, if he's taking mugshots basically from public records and posting those, maybe you shouldn't be doing stuff where you're getting arrested. Am I crazy? Am I just absolutely nuts out on a limb here? You're making a choice to put yourself in that position. You got to suffer the consequences. If that means Andy Ngo puts your picture up, eh, then you got to deal with it. That's how this works. You can't just because you don't like to have somebody posting this information, which is true and accurate and happened. And unfortunately, that's what journalists do. The fact that he's posting your mugshot, eh, it's kind of fair game, isn't it? I mean, that happened. So deal with the consequences to your actions. That's, that's adulting 101. But a lot of folks don't want to hear that. Oh, no, I was peacefully protesting. Really? The police report says otherwise. You were doing this, 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 and this. And say, you have quite a criminal record behind you as well. So do the others in this protest. They all seem to have been arrested multiple times. So we've been lying low, and to be honest, we're staying at home with the blinds closed, said Philip Wenzel, whose mugshot was shared by No on August 15th. I can get over Twitter trolls. But what gives me the most pause is the 1% of them that have genuine threats. 
Aren't you threatening to kill him? Aren't you threatening, threatening to, to kill Andy? No, that's kind of what I hear. So now that it's going the other way, it's like, oh, we've got some concern. And I get that nobody wants to have threats against them. But when you're putting yourself in a position like this, you know what, it's if he's not doing anything illegal. This is kind of part of his journalism. Here we are. Critics call no's post doxing or posting personal information about people to make their lives unpleasant. But what no is doing is legal. Let me read that again. But what no is doing is legal. The mugshots are public records. It's like when you, you know, when you talk about how much somebody paid for a house, well, that's private information. No, no, it's not. And no told Willamette Week that it is his duty to report on protesters who have been arrested, given the risk that violence and riots present to the public. Huh. Now, if the public saw what, what, what happens at these um, peaceful protests, I think they would agree that violence and the riots are something that the public pretty much wants to avoid. And Andy No happens to be one of the few guys that's reporting on this. And that's why I cover him because I think he's, um, he's kind of a he's a cowboy in his own field. He's out doing his thing. And uh, would I personally do it? Absolutely not. Why going back to I'm old, and I don't want to die. Not yet. We're all gonna die. Nobody's gonna make it out alive. But you know, later versus sooner is one of the times where I'd probably employ that term. Um, but what he does do is he's like, hey, these guys are doing this. And they don't like it. No wrote Willamette Week via email. I believe my duty as a journalist includes informing the public about individuals who are believed by criminal authorities to be sufficiently dangerous to the public that they meet the standard for arrest. They meet the standard for arrest. That's what he's doing. Is that so illegal? Is that doxing? No, it's not. Portland couple Aaron and uh, Philip Wenzel started their evening Friday, August 14th, as they have more than uh, 10 times before that. They donned their protest outfits, full gas respirators, masks, bike helmets, and a bulletproof vest for Philip, who had been in the front of protests as part of the drumline. Aaron, a medic toting a first aid kit, usually settled in a few rows behind the line of drummers. That night, Philip was arrested when the two of them were sandwiched between two lines of officers during a smoke-filled, chaotic confrontation captured on video that shows several protesters cowering under yellow shields, shields as cops pushed them to the ground. A video of Wenzel's interaction with police shows him shielding his face on the ground as a half dozen cops tackle him. What was he doing before that? What exactly was he doing? Yeah, that's what I'd like to know. He was arrested, charged with assaulting a police officer, resisting arrest, interfering with, with police, and disorderly conduct, and released the next day. The next morning, Noah posted his mugshot on his Twitter account, writing that Wenzel was arrested at the violent hashtag Antifa protest. No also posted a biography of Wenzel from the law firm where he works as a paralegal. So this is what I tell a lot of the, the millennials around me is you might not think your actions that you're doing right now are that really impactful on your life. But guess what? This is a day and age of social media and people can check through layers and they can find out what you've been up to. That account, you think this isn't all that important where you're doing some weird stuff. Guess what? 
that may come back to haunt you. And the cleaner that you can have your at least social media profile, the better your life is going to be down the road. So if you are out there thinking that you're going to hide while you're doing some peaceful protesting, Here's a good example of how that may not actually end up to be true. In Twitter responses on the thread, users added threatening comments and more personal information about the Wenzels, including the names and ages of members of his extended family. One comment read, I'm writing a letter to his employer right now. Another wrote, divorce and custody court paralegal scumbag who isn't even smart enough to be an attorney, LOL. Eh, yeah, people say stuff on social media that is just downright brutal. They hide behind their identity. I get these comments all the time on YouTube. YouTube trolls are the worst. And you just got to kind of take it. You take it with a grain of salt and you go, all right, well, that's not really true about me. Does that hurt a little bit? Yeah, but not that much because that person, they're coming from a slightly different perspective than what I know to be reasonable. So I just don't worry about it. The next day, Philip Wenzel received a voicemail thread on his cell phone from somebody named John in Michigan who said, I'll have you know, I'm seven feet tall and 280 pounds. All right. Well, so you're a big guy. All right. You're big. You're big. But we all kind of know where that's leading to. Ah, don't tangle with me, he's saying. The Wenzels alerted their employers on August 18th, three days after No posted the mugshot. Philip Wenzel's boss at Elizabeth Christie Law Firm sent him a letter that the firm had received 50 threatening or harassing communications since his arrest. Okay, so what is going on here? So the guy's doing something he shouldn't be doing. He's getting arrested for it, right? It's being brought to the attention of his employer. And a lot of people at that law firm are saying, we're not down with your employer, with your employee doing these shenanigans. We're not okay with that. The general public is not okay with this stuff. It's just this very vocal minority who's like, ah, oh, yeah, we're able to do this. It's peaceful protesting. Because you have chosen to engage in activism that resulted in violence, physical injuries, and negative publicity for the firm, there is now a major distraction from the business we are doing, a threat to my ability to gain new business, and a threat to our employees' safety, Christie wrote in an email provided to Willamette Week. Three employees, after learning of the firm's response to Wenzel's arrest, announced their resignation in support of him on September 10th. In a letter shared with Willamette Week, the firm told Wenzel in a September 11th letter that he he would be laid off effective September 16th, citing a loss of work leading to a reduction in staff. Elizabeth Christie, managing attorney at the firm, told Willamette Week in an email that the layoff had nothing to do with Wenzel's protesting. Uh-huh. Well, you are literally a law firm. You know the ins and outs of this. You analyze the situation. You came up with the scenario. All right, we can let them go based on this. And they can't really say much, meaning they the Wenzels. Hey, this happened. What do you want us to do? Now we've got less business. We've got clients leaving us because you pulled a knucklehead stunt and you're out there doing your little activism thing, right? Both Wenzels say they now suffer from anxiety. Oh no. Maybe you should have made better decisions when you decided to go out and do the crazy stuff you did that led to your arrest. Wenzel shaved his beard to change his appearance and now wears a hat when he walks his dog. I bet that really, 
you know, that really lends to uh, people not knowing who you are. Same dog, same basic build, same everything, but you got a hat on? Who's that? Don't know. April Epperson, who works at a Northeast public, uh, Portland public school, is another protester who was arrested for disorderly conduct and interfering with a police officer on August 24th and was greeted that same day by a no tweet sharing her mugshot and Facebook profile picture with part of the caption reading, like others recently arrested, she works with children at an elementary school. Uh-oh, this isn't going to go well. Do you get that feeling? Several commentators in the subsequent Twitter thread shared the name of the school. Mmm, not good. Make good choices, people, and you won't have to deal with stuff like this. On August 29th, an email arrived at her school inbox. Attached were her Facebook profile photo and a picture of a toad in a dress with the caption reading, so effing badass with your face covered, question mark. We can't wait to come to your employer and do the exact effing, same effing thing you do to cops. Uh-oh, we've got turnabout here. This isn't good. Is this fair? No. Hey, you run those risks. You're out there doing stuff in public. You run these risks. That's why, uh, you know, a lot of the, the people out doing the peaceful protesting, uh, they don't like to have live streamers because live streamers leave a digital record of exactly how it went down. That's not necessarily a good thing because they're doing stuff that's illegal night after night after night. If they were standing on the sidewalk, holding their signs, not obstructing traffic and just doing their chance, I'd be okay with that. But it so often devolves into just this ridiculousness. Apperson alluded, alerted the school about the email. That weekend, the school canceled a laptop distribution event scheduled the following Monday, August 31st. A school text blast sent to families read, we are pausing device distribution for tomorrow. We will resume as soon as possible and alert you when that is. As a reminder, school grounds, including the playground, are closed. We don't like this threat. After the school did not explain its decision, Epperson believes the laptop distribution was postponed because of threats. Still, the messages continued. The school started getting a bunch of phone calls and emails, Epperson says. People emailed some staff members my mugshot and told them I was arrested. On one email sent September 1st from a secure email address using the same name, using the name Jennifer Heartless and shared with Willamette Week includes a screenshot of No's tweet of Epperson's mugshot. The photo is captioned, this type of behavior seems a little unbecoming for a school teacher. Are standards any higher than this? Question mark. I think that's a good question. Would you want your children being taught by somebody like this? I probably wouldn't. That's a no-go in my books, right? Tim Gleason, professor of journalism at the University of Oregon, says nose posts of mugshots are dangerous because of his targeted audience. All right. Eh. There's some legitimacy to a claim of informing the public, but we have a pattern with this individual that his interest is in provoking violent reactions and doxing, says Gleason. It's a particular subset of conservative Twitter, and he knows who he's talking to. I think people just don't really respect what this group is doing, not only to small business, but to federal buildings, to police officers, to anybody that is in a position of authority. I think there's a lot of people that just don't really dig the message that they're sending. I think that's the bottom line. So that's, that's about it. I mean, that's kind of bottom line here. Um, yeah, so that's what Andy now does. 
He writes books on it. He talks about it, talks about what's going on and certain subsets. They don't like that. They would rather be anonymous because their behavior often leads to arrest and then it rocks their personal lives. That's not good. So bottom line here, people make good decisions and you won't have to deal with nonsense like this, right? Make reasonable decisions. You want to try and firebomb a police department, a, f- a police district, a, uh, you know, a precinct? That might come back to haunt you. That might not be the right call. Don't want that. So make good decisions, and I think your life will be better off. All right, that's it for me on this one. A little bit longer of a podcast, but I think I got through almost three articles. All right. So we've got a little better handle on Andy No Does. Uh, he got rocked again. Andy, I hope you're okay. I think that what you're doing is um, not only really ballsy, but I think there is a need for that because people need to know what are these peaceful protests really all about? Huh, they always seem to end up in arrests. How does that go? Interesting, isn't it? it it's an interesting paradox because major media says one thing, The other is a totally different story. Truth somewhere in the middle. Yeah, it is. Guys like Andy, I think he throws it out there and some people don't like that. And um, you know what? Not everything is for everybody. It's kind of how I see it. All right. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks so much for being part of the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. I'll catch up with you very soon. Until then, stay safe. And we'll talk then. All right. Bye for now. See you then. Bye. to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.